Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Thursday, September 14th, 2023, and this is episode 521 of the Lots Project podcast, where we are defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Paper Software, Paper Software Hardware Bitcoin Wallet Basics and is brought to you by the Blockstream Jade. Today, I'll cover the basics of cryptocurrency wallets, what they are, what that means, um, why you want one, and a couple different kinds that there are. But first, let's grab that cup of coffee, catch up with what's going on, and have a little chat. We'll dive into the topic in just a little bit. How is everyone doing this morning? Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, Backwoods Butcher, let's hear about some magic money. I bet it's more magic than the, than those dollar bills, so... Let's let's start with that. Um, anyway, uh, what's in the cup today? We got silver bullet blend for sure. Uh, man, I uh, I might actually bust into a uh, another pound of this back to back. I'm enjoying it quite a bit this month or er, this week, and um, yeah, I might just dig out that I had. I, I got a nice message from Brian that says there's more on the way, so not to worry, and I. Uh, so I might get into it a little bit and uh, have another one back to back two weeks in a row. So I don't know. I don't know. I haven't decided to still have uh, probably three or four French presses to get out of this silver bullet blend. Uh, James, James commented gingerbread farms earlier this morning, drinking uh, two cups of gr- fresh ground Norman, uh, not actually the dog, the, the blend, the coffee blend Norman's blend. It's a, uh, it's a dark roast. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I prefer a preference light roast, but, um, man, the dark, the dark Norman roast is, uh, is pretty damn good too. So uh, give it a try. Give it a try. You can find it at foodforestfarms.com. Um, just hit that lots project, uh, silver. It looks like the silver bullet logo on, um, on the homepage. And then you can find all the lots project blends there. So, uh, so what is going on? What's going on? Just having some coffee here. Slept a little better last night. Little, little better other than uh, a surprise wake up in the middle of the night. I, uh, we have a big, um, we have a <laughs> full, we have a full, um, or we have a, a cage. So in the camper. Sorry, I was uh, distracted there by the comments a little bit. We have a we have a cage. Uh, it's actually the panel from an old dog kennel. Uh, we have a couple of them in the camper, actually three, I think, that uh, we cover doors, large windows, and stuff, so the the Bernards don't uh, just dart out through the screen. Uh, they stick their head out the screens that aren't covered. So, man, when the screen door is there and everything, we have a, a cage that we put a little couple of hooks on the door frame and we just hang the cage in front of it. Um, Man, last night it was going to get chilly overnight, so we had all the we had the, the main doors shut in the in the camper. So I took the screen cage panel um, and set it against the wall. And, and man, in the middle of the night, I don't know if it was a dog walk by with a tail or the wind or whatever, but it was sitting in in my room and it fell over, clanged on the floor, and it, it just. Um, 
you know, to drop a piece like a cattle panel and it just boom, 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 and it like bangs and then it, it reverberates. And man, out of a dead sleep, sat up, man, I thought somebody was breaking into the into the trailer. I had no idea what was going on. So obviously I must have been sleeping a little bit. Um, took a little bit to get back to sleep, but feeling better this morning. Hopefully I'm not uh, hopefully I'm not getting sick. I felt like I had um, <laughs> I felt like I had um, some things loosen up in my in my face yesterday, like in my sinuses and stuff. So maybe I just had a extended kind of um, uh, sinus cold, sinus pressure. I don't know. I don't know, but man, it's been it's been rough. I feel a little bit better this morning, so maybe it'll be a couple days. I'll catch up, or maybe I'm just starting to get sick, and uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. I I don't want to go through another episode like I did last Thanksgiving. I was talking to Corey about that. I was like, if this is gonna be, if this is gonna be that way, um, yeah, I would rather get it over with now or you know just go through it but man that was horrible last year hunter says season change maybe maybe for sure um it it isn't it isn't fluctuating as much around here but i'm sure there's other pollens and that's another thing about traveling around the country is we got exposed to a lot of uh, different pollens and um and molds things like that that we weren't accustomed to in minnesota i think i think that flares up a lot of stuff um experiencing the pine pollen in in east texas last spring was insane uh watching the stuff blow off the pine trees we were down in in a field surrounded by pine trees and when the wind would blow it, it looked like smoke uh looks like something was on fire and the smoke was like blowing across the field but it was just all the pine pollen coming off the trees so um <clears throat> Backwoods Butcher says he's dealing with it here, Dayquil, in a holster for the next week. Um, was it you that sent me the TikTok about uh, the Dayquil, Benadryl, Sudafed, all that shit? Um, man, I might have grabbed some at Walmart yesterday. <laughs> I'll give a Walmart report today. But um, it was uh, it was a TikTok <laughs> saying that the FDA is, is saying there's active ingredients. And I don't know if it's true, fake, or whatever. I, I didn't vet this, so so don't quote me on it by any means. Uh, said something about they ruled that there was um, the, the active ingredients didn't work. So they're going to pull it off the shelves. And I'm like, oh, well, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, it didn't shock me that they were going to pull severe cold and sinus medicine off the shelves coming into the new COVID season. And uh, man, why would we um, why would we not want to get people to come into the hospital because they can't get meds to get a little relief from a head cold? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um yeah so walmart walmart yesterday uh last week last week i told you guys that it seemed super um empty in walmart and i wasn't sure what was going on because it was busy the week before it was uh it was empty again this week i don't know i don't know if it just happens to be lining up on wednesdays i did start going a little later in the day um, that I had been consistently going at the same time, but Corey and I switched our schedule up. So the last two weeks I've been getting there a little later. So I don't know if maybe that's the reason why it's empty. Um, yesterday was empty again. Um, not empty. Obviously I wasn't the only person in there, but just noticeably less bodies in the Walmart, uh, when I was down there doing weekly shopping and, um, man, I think I might've, uh, witnessed a death, <laughs> like seriously, um, 
I, I mentioned last week about all the motor carts and that there weren't there weren't enough people in there or there weren't very many people walking around, but there were a ton of motor carts felt in danger from people running into me with them. Uh, and yesterday uh, was the same. Uh, one one motor cart I felt really, really, really bad for um, was it was literally squealing. Um, it had so much weight on the tires and the gears literally squealing um and it wasn't like a, a squeak that you get when you get a cart and the wheels bad it was it felt like i felt bad for this machine like feeling bad for an inanimate object is is tough but man i felt bad for this one uh, i was trying to go <laughs> I, I i double talk thought taking a video of it but then i was like yeah that's just that's just so mean i'll i'll just talk about it on my show <laughs> but yeah there was that I, I followed him around for a little while um back and forth down the aisles and then um man scary moment uh, uh old lady i was coming down the one aisle and she was at the other end and she started to veer off in the aisle and she was kind of like wobbly head and then she ran right into a display and i was like holy shit uh, so I had my car and I started walking down the aisle, but she had made it into the, the next main aisle, like gone down and then the, the perpendicular, the perpendicular aisle, she had run right out and blasted into a display. And I was like, holy crap, I start coming down the aisle to see if there was something I could do because there was nobody in sight for me. But as I was coming down there, an employee came from one way and a bunch of people came from another way, like people that were shopping um and went to see her and they had her and they like kind of shook her and she stood up they're not stood up she like sat up like she woke up and they were talking to her and all of a sudden she just dropped out of the out of the the cart and hit the ground and i was like holy crap kind of mind my own business there were plenty of people there i would have gotten in the way i'm not a medical professional by any means i wasn't going to save her so i went about my business and kind of just kept an eye as i walked by man i've seen dead bodies i worked at a i worked at a furniture store that was uh co-owned uh co-parking shared a parking lot and an owner with a funeral home i've been in embalming rooms i've seen dead bodies i've worked on record crew where uh you know i've been out on 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 jobs where i've seen dead body I think this lady might have been dead. Like, I think she might have died right there. Um, checked out, went uh, went out to the truck. I was loading in the truck, and here comes the ambulance. So, man, I hope he survived. But, man, what a way. What a way to go at Walmart. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyway, yeah, so that was Walmart. It was... Um, it was an uneventful trip yesterday. Laundry was uh, laundry was interesting. There were a large amount of middle-aged men um, in the in the laundromat yesterday. Usually, I go in and it's uh, there's there's usually a couple of of women in there. It appears that they're doing laundry for others, um, like probably getting paid to go and do laundry uh, at the laundromat, and uh, then some people that just uh, of all ages and sexes there doing their laundry. But yesterday when I walked in, there was, um, there was an extreme amount of middle-aged men there doing laundry. And I just, you know, you notice those things when you do something over and over and over. 
And uh, there it was. I was like, holy crap, uh, in good company, I guess. Hip was wondering if Walmart sells caskets. I don't think they do yet. I don't think they do. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. Search online. Search online. Hunter says, woot for middle-aged men. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Backwoods Butcher says, I feel like dying in a Walmart should just be listed as natural causes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I took I took warning of the whole Benadryl, uh, NyQuil warning that Kyle sent. Uh, true or not, I think it was a good idea to kind of stock up, especially if we're going to have uh, another another cold and sinus season coming up here. And uh, we're going to be a little colder here in Tennessee than we were in Texas. So it'd probably be a good idea to have some stuff for the runny nose, sinus infection kind of you know, seasonal, seasonal cold, uh, seasonal COVID. And uh, that's supposedly ramping up yesterday, I think, was the, the supposed release date of the pandemic. So we'll see. We'll see, guys. Uh, are you ready for it? If things go sideways, what have you been thinking about? Have you been making any plans, buying extra NyQuil or uh, doing anything like that? Do you have, uh, do you have your food stored up uh, so in case you can't go to the store? Um, do you, have you drawn your lines in the sand? Did you last time? Were there things that you wouldn't do? Were there things you were willing to, to quit your job for? Were there things that, uh, you were willing to go to bat for? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to come around again. I think it's going to, they're going to double down on it. I can't quite figure out if they're going to double down on the people that were willing to go along before and leave the ones that weren't alone. I think uh, I think uh, evaluating the situation, if I was trying to uh, run something like that operation, I would probably leave the people that said, fuck you alone um, for two years. I don't think they're going to change their mind. I think you could probably stack bodies in the street and the people that were dead set against doing any of the bullshit would still be that way. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So make those decisions. It's easier to make them ahead of time, guys, and really believe them and, and stand firm to them. I think uh, Corey and I both made the decision about the, the pinprick and um, that we weren't going to do it to keep a job. Like we would figure it out. It would suck for sure. But I think both of us are, uh, are dead set in the fact that we're not going to take medical treatment to keep a job. It's money. It's not my life. So it is what it is. Figure out what you want to do and, and go from there. Uh, we're rolling up. Kyle says, I choose violence. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, we are... Um... <laughs> we're up on 15 minutes. Let's, uh, let's roll into the topic today. We are going to be talking about uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency day again bitcoin bitcoin wallets is where we're going to head today uh we're going to be talking about what a wallet is um there's a few different types of wallets there's a few different um i guess a few different few different types but we'll uh, we'll touch on a few things about about what wallets are which ones you're going to want and then a few different styles that you can you can dive into but uh, one of the type of the wallets we'll be talking today is hardware wallets. 
hardware wallet I currently use and recommend is the Blockstream Jade. You can hold your Bitcoin and your liquid assets in a cool wallet with an air gap connection by using Bluetooth or a built-in camera. Uh, it is is completely um, it is completely separate from any Wi-Fi connection or um, internet connection or device. You're not plugging it in. Uh, full color screen or easy to use buttons. It's great for beginners or advanced Bitcoin people. If you're ready for the next bull run. When your wallet values may double, triple, or more. I mean, really, at twenty-five thousand uh, dollars for a Bitcoin, if the uh, price goes to the all-time high, we're looking between about two and a half times the value your wallet will go up. Uh, will that make you a little nervous? Have you been stacking Sats or or uh, grabbing Bitcoin? DCA has been down. You might want to you might want to jade when that wallet value starts going up. So. Check that out. There is a link in the video and the audio description and use pro a discount code the lots project for 10% off for one of those Blockstream Jades. Um, you know, if you are a beginner and I just read I just read that and talked about um, I talked about a hardware wallet, Blockstream Jade, Bitcoin, bull run, all of that. You might be like, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, last week I, I I dove into uh, really the basics of what Bitcoin is. Talked about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain. Um, I used the analogy of uh, building a Lego wall and how the blockchain secures uh, the information about Bitcoin. The ledger that keeps track of where Bitcoin is is um, is secured in the blockchain. That the layers before in the block in the chain have to match in order for the next layer to be validated to be um be correct to move on to the next it needs to all line up and they're all interchained with each other so that if anyone goes back in the in the old history and tries to change something that will spiral out and become evident in the in the present you can't go and change things. You can't duplicate it. You can't mess with it because it's all inter intertwined. It can't be edited. So I talked about that. So you were you were curious enough. You you decided that you wanted to get some of this Bitcoin. But you're like, well, what do I do with it when I buy it? Do I put it in my safe? Do I get a little carrying case for it? Uh, if you listen to the episode, you realize that Bitcoin is, it's digital. It's not physical. You never actually touch it. I can't grab my Bitcoin and put it in my pocket. Doesn't happen. So what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Well, if you're a beginner for very first time, um, you can pick up your Bitcoin. You have to buy it. You have to buy it somewhere. Right now, I think one of the easiest places to buy it and smoothest and um, and hassle-free, I would say, is probably Cash App. Cash App's stupid easy to buy Bitcoin. Um, if you use Cash App already, it's even easier because you're familiar with the app. It's just a different, different function in that app. Uh, there's other places like Strike. You've probably heard of Coinbase, which... Mm, I, you know, that used to be a huge recommendation for me. Uh, it was one of the few places that was really easy, uh, easy on ramp, easy to get onto. Um, but I've really gone away from them. I haven't bought that would be, I guess, considered an exchange. 
I haven't bought a any Bitcoin on a service like that in a long, long time. Um, once, once there were apps like Strike and Cash App and things like that, where it was instantly linked to your bank account, it was instantly linked to, you know, someone can send me money. I have it in my, in my little Cash App account. I can use that to buy Bitcoin. I don't have to bring money in from anywhere else. Um, it's basically if I'm selling goods, receiving fiat money in my cash app, I can just use that to buy Bitcoin. Um, so you did that. You're like, I want to buy Bitcoin. You did a little Google search. You asked somebody and they said, buy it on cash app. All right. Now you have it. You have it. It's sitting on cash app. It says you have, man, you went all in. I don't suggest buying a whole Bitcoin when you start, but sure. You bought a Bitcoin, one Bitcoin. It'll be easy for demonstration purposes. You bought a Bitcoin. Sitting in a cash app. It says one Bitcoin, $25,000, $26,000. It's worth this in uh, in fiat dollars. Uh, you exchanged your fiat for this digital currency and you're going, okay, what the hell do I do with it now? As it sits, when you buy it, it'll be in a wallet. It It, it is. It, um a Bitcoin wallet, and it'll be easier to kind of get into this as I move on, but it'll be in a wallet. Cash App provides a wallet. I believe Strike provides a wallet. Coinbase provides a wallet. And what they are are non or um, custodial wallets is what it's called. Uh, you can think of it like, uh, you know, you talk about a kid and they're custodian. Um, custodial wallets basically give you the right to access the Bitcoin, but it's not really yours yet. You own it, you have claim to it, but someone else controls it. Um, in something like Cash App or, or Coinbase, basically they hold a big pile of Bitcoin. And when you buy it, they, they kind of allocate it to you. They mark it on their sheets that, uh, you know, this one, this one Bitcoin is, um, this one Bitcoin is Brian's. He bought it. Uh, he can access it. He can take it off of Coinbase. He can keep it on Coinbase. But for the wallets on Coinbase, we control it. Almost like um, the banks. I don't know necessarily the rules behind whether they can use it, spend it, um, if they can leverage it, things like that. I don't care because I don't keep my Bitcoin in custodial wallets. And that's going to be the big, big, huh, guess we don't want to talk about Bitcoin wallets today. Elon must want to keep all his Bitcoin on Coinbase. Um, anyway, I don't know what came through there, but Hunter is talking about post office box. Coinbase is like the post office and your uh, Bitcoin is like a, a post office box. You can come and take it. Uh, you can take it out. But the post office behind the wall has access to everybody's can do what they want. You need to trust them. Um, I don't keep mine there. I don't know if they can leverage it, what they can do. Uh, but it's interesting that Hunter brings that up because I uh, I have a post office example for um, what a wallet is and your keys and, and how they work. But uh, anyway, custodial wallet, I, I say no. <laughs> um, if you have a custodial wallet, if you have your Bitcoin somewhere where it's a custodial situation, uh, unless it's a little bit, um, you know, I might keep a little bit in Coinbase just for just for. Um, um 
just for ease of use, basically like the stuff you keep in your wallet that man, if you dropped your wallet and you're in your 50 bucks that you keep there for emergency goes bye bye. You're like, nah, okay. Um, that's, that's maybe what I would keep it in, 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 uh, maybe a cash app just for liquidity. Uh, but other than that, man, get it off custodial wallet. Uh, uh, MSU Rifle says, uh, is a, isn't a custodial wallet how a bunch of people lost Bitcoin when the custodian died with the passwords? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know about that. I would think in a custodial wallet situation, you would still be able to get it out. I don't know. Eh, interesting, interesting. I mean, yes, if if someone if someone privately was uh, was running a custodial wallet for you and they died and there was no access to it, yes, that could be a case. Um, but uh, anyway, anyway, that's a custodial wallet. It's where someone else is going to control your Bitcoin. Um, they're going to control your private key. This is not the ideal situation. This is basically if you're buying it, um, if you're buying it publicly, I guess, if it's not peer to peer, um, basically, this is what you're going to end up with your Bitcoin in. So any place you're going to buy it and they're going to you're going to give fiat dollars to a company and you're going to get Bitcoin back. It's going to sit into it's going to be get deposited into a custodial wallet normally especially at a beginner level if you're just using um, if you're just using um, cash app say coinbase things like that so let's get it out of a custodial wallet into a non-custodial wallet and the re and the the definition of a, of a non-custodial wallet is something where you control both of your keys you're like what the what the fuck are these keys um, here here we go Bitcoin wallet, how Bitcoin works. We talked about it last time. The blockchain, the blockchain, the example I gave last time was the blockchain is like Legos. It's a, it's a recorded amount of all the Bitcoin out there, where it all is, what addresses is it's sitting at. That address that people can locate the amount of Bitcoin, they can look at it is called the public key. The public address is another way to put it. Um, each wallet, each each Bitcoin spot, holding place, um, ledger, where you can see your digital assets because you can't hold them. You have to be able to view how much is there. You have to be able to send, um, receive, do whatever you want with it. Each one has a public key and a private key. And the way I was thinking about it, it was interesting that, that Hunter brought up the post office. Yesterday when I was trying to, to decide how to um, how to explain public key, private key, I came up with the example of your, so your, um, Hunter said post office box. I was picturing more like an apartment complex mailbox if the postman didn't have a key to the back. So if the postman had the your Bitcoin, and we're going to talk like Bitcoin is physical mail now. Your public key is going to be your address. You're all in a you're all in a uh, in a big apartment complex. 
and I'm there, Corey's there, Hunter's there, um, uh, MSU Rifles there, Josh is there. We're all we're all living in here, and we need to. I want I want Corey to send me one Bitcoin. And so I say, hey, Corey, I want you to send me a Bitcoin. Here is my public key. Here's my public address. Um, basically, we'll we'll just move the postman out of the out of the equation here. Corey is going to take my public address. She's going to go over to the mailbox, which would be um, it, which would be uh, her wallet that she has to send me the Bitcoin. Um, she's going to have a, a functionality in in one of these wallets where she can send the Bitcoin. Uh, she's going to take my public key, my address. She's got to know where to send it. I have to have a functionality to be able to give it to someone to be able to receive. Like if I want someone to send me something, I have to tell them where to send it. There has to be something I can give them. Has to be something that can be publicly viewable that I can give them that they know where to send it. So um, when I give her that, she takes her little mailbox that she has her Bitcoin in, her, her log of her Bitcoin. She takes her private key and authorizes the, the transaction of one Bitcoin to me. Without her private key, she can't unlock her Bitcoin to send me one. Yay! Oh, that was a quick one. Hold on, guys. I was just been, I was just keeping logs of uh, when to edit this stuff out, and it really popped back up real quick. Um, so she needs to she needs to take uh, she needs to take her private key. She needs to authorize that signature. What a wallet does, what a custodial wallet or a non custodial wallet, excuse me, is it stores your private key. That's all it really does. It keeps your private key hidden it gives you other options because the private key is a long long string of of characters numbers letters um and it's it's that way on purpose so it can't be guessed um i can't i didn't i didn't look up the numbers of how many wallets there actually or uh, how many private keys could actually be generated it's it's astronomical uh just a combination base of all the different uh, characters and the string length but so your wallet is going to to hold your private key. When you get into Bitcoin, one piece of advice is do not ever give anyone your private key. Talk about custodial wallets and non-custodial wallets. I do not recommend holding any holding any Bitcoin in a in a custodial wallet because someone else controls the private key. Makes sense that I say, don't give anyone your private key. It's it's the way they're going to take your Bitcoin. When someone has your private key, they can send it, they can send it wherever they want, just like you can. Now, in the case of a custodial wallet, they really shouldn't. Um, some places have insurance that prevents that. Like if they do, you you can recoup. Some don't, some get uh some you know, they're, they have all the best intentions and have lack of security, uh, database breaches. When anything's stored other than in my control, it's, it's iffy. It's, it's, it's iffy. If $100 Bitcoin, 
probably the biggest, biggest problem in the world. But if you're in the mindset of starting to want to stack Bitcoin for a rainy day long term, uh, maybe a retirement, maybe a hedge against uh, your 401k taking a dump. Um, I don't know. Whatever you're doing, if you see the value in it long term and you're buying it now and you're just going to hold on to it and there's a possibility of significant amounts of money there. I don't think I want someone else holding that, especially when it can be like gone like that and there's no recourse. I think one of the things that attracts me to Bitcoin the most is I'm responsible for it. It's mine. It's my it's my problem. It's my it's mine to secure. It's mine to lose. It's mine to mess up. And it all revolves around personal responsibility. If I make a mistake and send send Bitcoin to the wrong address, if I make a mistake and give somebody the wrong address and they send it to me, uh, if I'm transferring it and do something wrong, it's my fault. I can't call the bank and say, oh, somebody stole my money. There is no bank. Be your own bank. Take responsibility for your shit. I think it, it it's uh, I think it might be ingrained in people in this space that they want to be responsible for themselves. Um, so there, there's a kind of a quick overview on what a wallet is. What is it for? A non-custodial wallet is basically a place to store your keys, to store your private key specifically to keep it safe so no one knows what it is. All right, let's move on to what kind of wallets there are. You say, okay, well, you got these private keys and the public keys. What's the what's and it, it, it what is the the most secure way? I guess I have never used this type of wallet, but the first type, um, <laughs> MSU says, take responsibility for yourself. What kind of garbage are you selling? <laughs> Weird, huh? Um, the first type of wallet, I've actually never used one. It's it's a pretty basic concept. It's called a paper wallet. Paper, as in just sheet of paper and that's what it is uh a lot of times you can get them from bitcoin atms where you can go and i think this is kind of phasing out a little bit um with um the newer bitcoin atms i also have never used one of those i monitored them quite often when i was in the gas station industry because they were installed in a lot of the gas stations i worked at so i would just see like see the spread on the see the spread on the atms things of like that. Uh, it was very interesting to see all the ATMs in uh, very poor neighborhoods where maybe there was a lot of underground cash business. And originally, and I don't know, I thought that the last one I looked at and uh, kind of messed around with a little bit, you ended up having to put in an ID. So there was, um, there was KYC. Um, the, the thing I noticed was there was no KYC. Basically, you could walk in with a hundred dollar bill, and there was a significant markup. I'm not gonna lie, it was it was pretty steep, but you could slide a hundred dollar bill into this Bitcoin ATM and it would process and it would spit out a piece of paper, a receipt like you got from your ATM when you made a deposit, but it would have a public key and a private key on it. <coughs> There's your paper wallet. There's your paper wallet. Um, it would also have a QR code. If you don't know what that is, it's a little uh, square, black and white, square boxy thing that you can scan with your phone. Um, there would be a QR rep 
QR code representation of those. So basically what you would do, they made you a wallet. You could throw it in your safe. You could hold on to it forever and it would still be there. It was recorded on the blockchain that you have $100 minus the spread, $100 worth of Bitcoin at this at this public key, at this public address. There is $100 worth of Bitcoin that's Brian's. My private key on the bottom is how I would do anything with that. If I ever wanted to send that, I would use my private key. And that's what I would suggest. If you ever use a Bitcoin ATM for some reason, it spits you out a, a paper wallet. You don't know what's in that machine, what's in the code of that machine. Um, let's uh, let's take that and put that in our own wallet. Let's get that off of that soon. Um, at the minimum, don't put any more in it unless you're willing to risk it. Just my two cents. I mean, you have to trust it. You have to trust the ATM. You have to trust the company. I don't know. I don't know. I get very skeptical about things like that. So that's a paper wallet. You could generate them online. You can manually write them down. You can print them out. Um, it's very secure. It's offline. It's um, You can put... Uh, <laughs> You can put, you can put them, you can put it in, um, yeah, Hunter says have to go through all the receipts at the Bitcoin ATM. I don't know that's how that they work anymore. Uh, like I was saying, I'm guessing that um, they've probably evolved into a software wallet uh, interface. Like you download uh, XYZ software wallet and when you do it, you can scan the code or other than that, I think I saw where it would give you a code and it would send you the send you the funds to your wallet. So you had to have one already. Um, but paper wallet that was that was the the where I saw the most use of it, the most examples of it when I was looking them up. Like I said, I've never used one. I've never done that. Um, I've never done that process in experience with it. Never found the need. Never found the need. It seems. It seems like a bad idea to me since paper can go bye-bye real quick. Uh, spill some water on it, lose that key, it's gone forever. There's no recovering it. There's no, um, if the paper's gone and you don't have any backups to that, it's just gone. Like lost Bitcoin. You'll hear every once in a while talking about people talking about lost Bitcoin. That's what happens. The, the keys got lost. Happened a lot early days when people when people would get three Bitcoin and it was worth 10 bucks and they were like, ah, whatever, and didn't really give two shits. They're just gone forever. And that's uh, that's another cautionary tale. Uh, so that's Paper Wallet. Do I suggest it? Mm -hmm. You do you. You do you. Um, next kind of wallet there is, is a software wallet. Um, Non-custodial software wallet is probably where you're going to start. If you're getting into Bitcoin, unless you unless you have a, a ton of money to dump in and you're like, hell, I don't know anything about this. Let's just go all in, dive in with both feet and I'm going to spend a shitload of money. Not my advice, not my advice, but you do you. I'm not here to tell you what you should do with your money. Um, but if you're if you're going to start messing around with this, when you're going to start learning, you're going to start um diving into bitcoin which i do suggest you start small man start with ten dollars on cash app move it around move buy twenty dollars move ten move ten somewhere else move it back get familiar with the functionality of these wallets how they work and if you mess it up 
you lost 10 bucks. You didn't lose a hundred. You didn't lose a thousand. You didn't lose a whole Bitcoin. Get familiar with everything and get comfortable with it. I still double check and triple check things when I'm sending and I've been doing this for now six, seven years. Um, I always, when I'm making a significant transfer, I get that tingling in the back of my head going, make sure everything's right because once you hit go, it's done. So it's scary. It can be scary, but you just have to be confident in what you're doing. Software wallet is basically a program on your phone or your desktop or your tablet. Some of them are interconnected. Um, you can load the same wallet on a desktop and a phone because it, all it is is an accounting interface for your public key. It also stores your private key so that you can one-click you can one-click send. You don't have to go digging up your private key. You don't have to go find it and decode the, the seed words and or scan the QR. When you load the software wallet, when you initialize the software wallet, the private key is locked in the program. So you can set up things like two-factor authentication, which basically I have my software wallet, I have a Bitcoin in it, and I want to send it to James. I say, hey, James, what's your public key? What's your address? You can say either in the transaction. I think Bitcoin people will understand what you're saying. They will send you the public key or give you a QR code or whatever. I scan that. The wallet has my private key. It is able to say, yup, this guy has authorization to send this. I don't have to put it in, but I do suggest you turn on two-factor authentication, which there are several options depending on what wallet you're using. One of those could be, you know, you get a text message code, uh, all the shit that's annoying a lot of the times. Um, man, it could save your ass if somebody happens to get into your, hacks your, uh, hacks your phone, hacks your software wallet, um, if they have a security breach. If you have two-factor authentication on or greater security than that, um, they won't be able to do it without that other authentic author, authorization, uh, that text message code, that email reply, things like that. Um, setting that up is really a good idea if you're using a software wallet. Um, but it's always there. It's convenient. I like to think of a software wallet as um, maybe your debit card. Um I like to think of that um, that custodial wallet that I talked about beginning, like Cash App. That's going to be your pocket money. Uh, we're not going to get into Lightning right now, uh, Bitcoin Lightning. It's 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 a whole nother episode. It's a whole nother probably multiple episodes. But with Bitcoin, the way I look at it is my custodial wallet. Easy, super easy. Try not to keep anything in there. But like I said, if it's a if it's a if it's a holding fiat to buy Bitcoin, things like that, maybe a little bit left in there just for you know ease of access because I have it on my phone. Maybe I don't have my software wallet on my phone, so I, if I lose it, so I have my I have my Cash App, you know, so I have a couple of little little Bitcoin in there if I need it for some reason. All right. Software wallet, you're going to uh, look at more like your debit card, like your bank account. You have security. Um, you have um, 
you're going to have more control than your bank account because the bank has your fiat. But in the example of where to hold it, how much to hold it, it's going to be your debit card. It's going to be your um, your money that you're going to use, your, your currency that you're going to use regularly, um, ease of use, quick to use. Uh, and then there's a third type is uh, a hardware wallet. Hardware wallet. Uh, got one here. Got one here. I mentioned it in the before the segment started. But uh, hardware wallet isn't on your phone. It's a separate device. Basically here. You can see it if you're on the video. It's not big at all. This is my, this is a Blockstream Jade. Um, so basically what that does, it's a, uh, it's a big, it's a little, uh, little device here. Basically it's going to hold your private key. Well, you're like, okay, well, your software wallet held your private key. What's the big deal? Well, your hardware wallet is just another layer of security. This thing, I have to have this with me to send or receive any Bitcoin. Receive, probably not. No, I think if I if you record the public address, you can receive whenever. Uh, I, I take that back. To send, to do anything with my Bitcoin, I need this device with me. Um, if this is what I'm going to use to sign the transaction. Hardware wallets are going to have an interface. They're going to have uh, a software wallet that they interact with normally. Um, and basically, you're going to do like you would, again, on a software wallet. It's going to be the same thing. You're going to be on your phone. You're going to have like the Blockstream, Jade, Interact, Pearl software wallets. One they made is their native app. I suggest using Green, uh, the, the Blockstream Green software wallet. But basically, it's a mirror. It's a, it's a, it can look at the public key. It can tell how much Bitcoin's there, the value of it, all of that. But when I say, hey, I want to send that one Bitcoin to James, that software wallet is going to go, hey, where's your hardware wallet? Uh, a lot of them you have to plug in. You, you hook it in with a USB-C or uh, it's a USB. It looks like a little jump drive. A lot of them, that's what they started out was, was a little jump drive. So you would have uh, a software wallet on your computer. You would say, hey, I want to send some of my Bitcoin from my hardware wallet. It'd say, well, you need your hardware wallet. You plug it in. There's security factors depending on what kind you use, uh, pin codes, uh, two-factor authentications, all sorts of things like that. But you need the physical device and the software interaction to make it happen. It's another layer of security. Um, this this hardware wallet too is nice because if it um, this one has an awesome feature of a, a self destruct pin. Basically, if someone uh, I had this in my pocket and someone put a gun to my head and said, "Give me this," and I'm like, "There's nothing on it, man. It's just a it's just an empty wallet. I haven't done anything with it yet." Uh, they're like, "Well, put your pin in. Put your pin in." They got my phone. They got my my green access. I go, okay, here I go. I put, there's a, a you can set a secondary pin, a, a self-destruct pin. I put that pin in and hand it to him. My wallet is gone. It's not gone, gone. It's gone from being viewed. It's going to say it's zero when it it it, uh, it hits that, it hits the, the phone. It's going to say there's no wallet on here. Now, the the thing you have to remember about these wallets is they do crash. You lose your phone. You break your phone. 
when you set up a private key and a public key, when you establish a wallet, when you download Exodus, Exodus is a software wallet I use. One of them. One of them. When you download that, it'll say, do you want to create a new wallet or do you want to recover an old wallet? This is where your private key is going to come into come into play. Another reason your public your private key is going to come into play. One is to authorize sending Bitcoin, transacting in Bitcoin. Another is recovering that wallet. Um, one of the ways that you're going to have it on multiple devices, have the same Exodus wallet on multiple devices is you're going to download it on your computer. You're going to make a new wallet. You're going to send $5 to that wallet. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. You take your public key, you take your cash app out, uh, you take your cash app app, cash app app, and you say, I want to send my $10 of Bitcoin. It'll say, what's the public key? You take your public key that you created on the new Exodus wallet because you said create new wallet. It gives you a bunch of information. Um, you send that $5 to Exodus. When you take your phone, you're like, hey, it'd be really cool to have this on my phone too. You download Exodus app, you open it up and it'll say, do you want to make a new wallet? No, I already have one. Do you want to recover another wallet? Yes. What is the seed phrase? What is the private key is what it's going to ask. You haven't said anything about seed phrase. What is this thing you're talking about now? A seed phrase is basically your, your private key changed into words. 12, 24 words. It uh, might be 18 too. I think it's 12, 18 or 24. 12, 24 are the main that you normally see. It's why it sticks in my head. But when you generate a private key, when you generate a new wallet, you're going to get a, uh, a representation of that in words. It's going to be 12 words. It's going to be in a, or 24 words. It's going to be in a specific order. And there's only a certain list of words you can use. So they can pre-populate them into wallets, but the combinations are endless, just like the, the wallets. Uh, that's the reason there's 12, 24. Uh, the longer the string of the words, the more, the more um, options there can be, the more possibilities there can be, the less chance someone's going to be able to guess it. Um, so basically, that's what you're going to use instead of typing in this long string of characters that you may not uh, you may not transfer right onto your onto your notepad. Writing words is a lot easier, in my opinion, for sure. Um, so that's what you're going to want to store. That's that's your private key. You can write down your private key if you want. Seed phrase is going to be enough, especially at this beginner level. Um, that's how you're going to get your wallet back. If you lose your phone and it gets destroyed, you drop it in the lake. Uh, somebody steals it. You're going to just download whatever software wallet program you had onto a device. Again, a different device. You're going to go to your safe. You're going to find where you stored your, your seed phrase, your private key. And you're going to say, recover wallet. Bloop, 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 bloop. I put I put the information in. I put my my seed phrase in the representation of my private key. I put my private key in. Doesn't matter. They're the same back and forth, and my wallet will show up. Now, if somebody's hacking your phone because they stole it, I don't know. I would probably immediately just send that off somewhere else. I'd make a new wallet, send it away, um, because. That software wallet, if they figure out your two-factor authentication, if you don't have it, 
they are in control of that now. It's scary world out there, folks, when you have to take care of yourself, when you have to know all of this stuff. This is kind of this is kind of very, very basic skimming over the top of this. Um, it's confusing. It takes a while to to get it get it all organized in your head. Um, it took me a long time of hearing multiple, multiple dis- explanations of this when I knew nothing, when I was very when I started from zero. It took a lot of explanations, a lot of different ways to even grasp the concept of what was going on. But what I did was I took the advice of someone and went and and messed around with 10 bucks. I messed around what I could lose. I messed around with what I could what I could put in there, what I could afford easily. Um, instead of going and buying a few beers with it, I bought some Bitcoin. I took the time to buy a little bit. You don't have to buy a whole one. You can buy fraction of fraction all the way down to pennies. I bought some Bitcoin. I got, I made a wallet. I saw the information that it gave. I physically went through and went through the processes. I saw what it showed me. I asked questions. I found people that knew what they were talking about. And everything started to click eventually. It's very hard to understand a concept like this without actually doing it, especially for me. I'm somebody that has to read it, learn it, and then do it physically to really have it sink in and really understand it. I could usually go through the motions way easier than explaining it at this point because I've done it so many times. I suggest that. I mean, really, I do. And I'm here to help. I I do. I offer beginner consulting. I offer walking you through it. This is really hard talking to no one and seeing if they're really comprehending the information. In a, in a consultation with me, we will go through it until you understand it. Um, however you need to learn it, maybe we send some back and forth, you and I. Maybe, maybe I, I hold your hand as you, as you make those purchases and go through that first transaction, explain, answer questions. Um, let's talk about it. 30 minutes. I give 30 minutes free. We can talk about where you're at, where you want to get, and I can figure out how to get you there. Whether that's one, one hour session where we just do everything all at once, or we can break it down into little palatable chunks where you have time to work on it. You can go to the lotsproject.com under services, uh, cryptocurrency. It says make the most out of your cryptocurrency, I believe, uh, or the lotsproject.com. I can help you with others. They're all they're all basically the same. I won't be able to advise you on any sort of any other cryptocurrency because I have totally, totally, um, totally all in on Bitcoin. I, I really have flipped the switch to being a Bitcoin maxi. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. So I am I am more than happy to uh, explain the benefits of Bitcoin. I will more than happy to teach you how to use it, buy it, transact into it, receive it, um, and other cryptos too, for that fact. If you want to, I don't recommend it, but it, man, it's your money and I'm, I'm not one to tell you what to do with it. So Man, if you need help, if this uh, if this kind of spurred an interest and you're like, holy shit, I have no idea what he just talked about. Listen again or find another beginner Bitcoin podcast and listen to that. I use several. I'm not I'm not saying that this is the, the be all and end all of explanations for sure. 
But man, if you need a personal interaction, you want this the 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 security of knowing we can sit one on one, talk about things, discuss it. You can ask questions. Uh, please reach out and uh, and let's talk. Thirty minutes. What what do you have? Talked to Hunter last night. It was great chat. I think uh, I think it was well worth the the thirty minutes. Um, it's uh, it's great. It's great. So. Anyway, anyway, that's Wallace in a nutshell. It was uh, it was more an explanation of uh, of of kind of how to, to send and receive Bitcoin. But that's that's kind of the function of a wallet. Um, I'll probably dive into it more. I I, uh, I have I have a lot of beginner stuff I want to cover on Bitcoin and kind of roll through it. Thanks for the thanks for the zap. Uh, you think <laughs> MSU uh, says uh, I think I just zapped you uh, rookie here. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Anybody looking to uh, value for value exchange, you can do that on Fountain over on Noster in the Telegram group. Um, man, if you join the Telegram group and you're like, hey, I want to learn about Lightning, I'll send you some. I'll send you some. We're talking fractions of a dollar, fractions of a penny at some points um, that we're playing around with just to learn some a new skill. Lightning is a whole nother level of Bitcoin that uh, I don't even think I can touch on this. This like obviously right now I got to wrap up, but uh Man, Lightning is a whole separate thing with Lightning or uh, with Bitcoin. If you're beginning, it's an easy way to go to kind of understand um, and start using it uh, and then dive deeper into full on Bitcoin or either way. I started with uh, regular Bitcoin because Lightning wasn't even a thing when I started. So let's uh, let's get you comfortable and uh, get you familiar with things. Like I said, thelotsproject.com. I'm more than happy to uh, sit down for 30 minutes and see if I can help you out. Um, that's the best part about it. You don't spend any money and we can find out if we're actually going to be able to help you. So anyway, let's uh, wrap things up for today. If you have any more questions, like I said, you can uh, you can leave a comment on the video. Um, yeah, MSU says my website has a zap function. Yes, it does. My, my website does have a zap function. It's fantastic. Um, Josh, the renegade butcher, you hooked me up with that. If you go to my website and you have um, you have a lightning wallet on your computer, if you use get Albi uh, or on your phone, you go to the website on your phone and you have, uh, say, wallet of Satoshi or a few other software wallets. Uh, if you see um, it says zap with a lightning bolt, hit it. That's how you can zap me. That's how you can send me value straight from my website. I appreciate Josh for setting that up. It's been working great. Um, yeah, feel free to use it. If you have problems with it, ask and I can uh, I can help you through it. Uh, but other than that, we'll talk about Bitcoin coming up here. It's uh, every seven day rotation. We'll talk about it at least once in that seven days. I look forward to doing it. I hope you're uh, I hope you're taking value if you don't know a lot about Bitcoin and you want to move forward. It's the basics. It's the building blocks. It's a it's a complicated yet easy thing. It's very complicated once you but once it clicks, you're like, how did I not understand this? It really is. I, I felt that I felt that awakening once it all clicked and it got it got a lot easier. So reach out, reach out for sure and and talk if you uh, if you have questions. I'm here to answer them. Anyway, guys, this has been another episode. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about minimalism and um, my journey into minimalism, the purge I had to make. Um, man, Corey found it easier than I did. I, I'm going to talk specifically about my experience, the emotional stuff I went through, the process I went through to get rid of the stuff. And um, yeah, it's kind of the, where it led me. 
And uh, so tomorrow morning, uh, thoughts on the purge, uh, my transition to minimalism, 6 a.m. on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. You can join them in the live comments. We'll have a 10K giveaway tomorrow. 10,000 Satoshis going out if you are interested in getting Bitcoin. Listen to the show. You may, uh, you may have a chance to win. But other than that, we're going to wrap it up today. So if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about the episode along with links to all my social media services I offer and recommended products and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. When we see you tomorrow, it'll be Friday. 10K giveaway Friday, talking about the purge into minimalism. Talk to you tomorrow. I can feel the sun.